0: I want, you to, I want you to start thinking about the 28th, and I want you to preach. And I, I looked on our board, our planning board for the summer and for the whole series of Sermon on the Mount, and uh, I didn't really line up the weeks, and I was like, man, I really hope I get that one, because uh, that would be awesome. And it turned out to where I actually got the week I wanted. And so I'm really excited. This is, uh, today is a day where it's not a I have to preach. This is a day where I get to preach. I get to preach a message that... Um, For a lot of people, in a lot of ways, you could just check out really, really fast. And so if you could just stick with me today, I promise it will not be what you think it's going to be about. Is that cool? I'll preach short like I always do. And you'll listen, and then we'll, it's a give and take. It's a, it's, a, it's a friendship. It's a teamwork thing. Well, hey, uh, we're going to be in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start off in verse 19. Last week, we, we were with Pastor Sean. We were talking about fasting and how we take away something. It could be food. It could be technology. It could be an activity we love to do to spend with the Lord. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about treasure. So uh, picking up in verse 19, uh, this is what Jesus has to say on his longest ever recorded sermon. how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So before everyone checks out and thinks I'm going to talk about tithing, because that's not what I'm going to talk about, is everyone still here? Sweet. Okay, we're not going to talk about money today. I know a lot of times uh, a lot of people come in here, and me included, we use this passage to tithe. Hey, where your, where your heart is, there your treasure is also. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And therefore, you shouldn't be so tied to money. You should be tied to the kingdom of God, the, to the heavens. And that's where you should put your treasures in the heavenlies. And so, oftentimes, we use this to tithe. And so, I kind of started off with that. And the more and more I read, the more I realized that this actually has nothing to do with money. Like, at all. Uh, And so today I want to talk a little bit about our heart and where our heart is. The Bible says over and over and over in Proverbs and Psalms, uh, throughout all of the scriptures about our heart, right? And so today we get to talk a little bit about that because one's treasures tells you the tale of one's heart. Okay, so if you're taking notes, uh, we're going to ask ourselves three questions today, and the first one I want to talk a little bit about is, where is your heart? Where is your heart today? Because uh, oftentimes, just like fasting, when we lay up our treasures, our treasures in uh, on earthly things, that's oftentimes where we get our reward Just like last week when Pastor Sean was talking about fasting and how the Pharisees would just, they'd go without eating, and then they would grumble in the streets, oh, my tummy hurts. I'm just so hungry because I'm fasting. And they would get their reward from all the people around them, and that's where they would get their gratitude, and that's where they would get their attention, and the focus would be on them rather than, uh, spending time seeking out the presence of the Lord. In the same sense, we have the opportunity to tell our heart where we want to go because our treasure is where our heart will be. So the question is, where does your heart go when you're in trouble? What do you run to? Because that is what you're going to treasure. He says in, uh, he says in 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Because, uh, We talk about where our heart is and we talk about what we value and what we treasure and yet our heart will also display a completely different thing. Uh, In Texas, I, I have a couple friends that once a week they get together and they pull out their fancy cowboy checkbooks, has anyone ever seen one of those? where it's like this big leather billfold and it's like this big, it sticks out their pocket with like the Texas star on it. And they, they take their checkbook and they slide it to the person on their left. And they go through and they look at whatever they wrote checks for, whether it's for rent or their mortgage or their car payment or whatever it was. But that way they were always being held accountable of where their money was going. Because our treasure or what we treasure or what we put into our heart is the evidence of what we truly value. What we value is where our heart is gonna be. And so oftentimes we can see where our money is going or where our time is going or where our attention is going because that's where our heart is and that's what we value. And the question is, that's the evidence of it. Well, that's not the question. The evidence is where our heart is. We, we can see it. If we love, If we love music, we're gonna spend a lot of money buying drums and buying guitars and buying amps and buying loop pedals and all kinds of stuff. If we value our car, we're going to spend a lot of time doing oil changes and getting new tires and getting lifts and all this stuff. But the question is, where are we really spending our money? Where is our heart really at? Our church, we, we value certain things. We value the big backpack giveaway. Christine was talking about it just now and how we're collecting supplies so we can stuff these backpacks for uh, countless numbers of kids. So the question is, if, we, if that's where our value is, is that where our heart is at? As a church, are we going to Fred Meyer and we volunteering our time getting supplies? Are we going into the store and buying supplies to give ourselves, to give for, our not for ourselves, but ourselves on behalf? Are we, are we coming here on Backpack Giveaway Sunday on August 25th? Just saying, mark your calendar. Uh, are we coming to help meet kids and give backpacks away and, and man a bouncy castle so kids can jump around and have fun? We talk about how we're so excited to have all these new babies in church. We have one there, and we have a couple in the nursery, and we have a couple over here, and are we really, if we really love kids, if our heart is really with kids, our nursery schedule should be full of people wanting to volunteer and hold babies. If we really value kids, then we should have a full list of people in the loft that we can truly say, hey, let's volunteer. Well, I'll teach a Sunday. I'll lead a Sunday. I'll be in the loft, Junior. I'll be here. We value kids, uh, this last year, it, it was evident, actually, here's a, a good job for y'all. There was a couple people, actually, a, a, quite a lot of people, that when it came time for tribes camp, for youth camp, where a lot of people came forward and said, hey, we, we can't pay a whole way, but we don't have a kid, but we, we'd love to sponsor a kid. And I got a couple checks that were wonderful and actually made the difference in a lot of kids' lives. So it really shows where our money is, where we value things, and whether we value the kingdom or not. And then, and then in this verse, I was hanging out with Robbie St. Pierre this week in my office because he wouldn't leave me alone. He was just here all week, every day. Uh, actually, two weeks ago, he was here every day at like 9 a.m., and we were hanging out. And then I saw John Hubbard, and he saw at Shindig, and he's like, Robbie, why aren't you in summer school? <laughs> and I was like, dude, you're in summer school? <laughs> we were hanging out. Uh, no, Robbie's been a big help, and he was helping me through this passage. And then we got to verse verse 22. And that's where I want to spend a little bit of time today. And that is the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So the second question is this. What is your heart focused on? What's it focused on? I had a hard time because I was talking about like the eye, but we're talking about the heart. And darkness, and there's a lot of things going on, and so I actually want to use. Uh, I'll just grab it because it's going to be easier. I got a camera here. Has anyone ever taken a picture before? Who has an iPhone or an iPad or something? You know, how you tap the screen, and then it focuses on whatever you tap on, and so it's kind of like this. You turn the camera on, and the battery's full. Sweet. Okay, and then you you take pictures, right? You can. And see, that's, that's the problem, though, is we have to take the lens off. We have to take, and the thing is, if we don't know that, then how great is the darkness? If we don't know we even have to take the lens off, we have to get there first. Your heart has to focus to a point where sometimes we don't even know we're in the dark. And how bad is that? My math teacher always said, if you got a problem right, but you got to the right answer the wrong way, you're in a world of hurt. Because when it comes time to actually doing it and you go back to trying to do it the wrong way, it was just an accident you got at the right time, the first time. And so this lens, we gotta take the cap off. Because if we don't know we're in darkness, how much worse is that? At least we can, with the cap off, at least we can focus now. And we got the big lens on this bad boy. This thing is like, I can zoom to the back like it's dark in here. And I can go to the back. Hey, that's Lower Krauss on the back wall. I did not know that until now. I need a new glasses prescription. But here's the thing about Cameras is, so there's this really cool switch right here, it says AF, and then MF, and that's automatic focus, or manual focus, and now it's on manual focus, and so when I go, I can't just like zoom in on the Howards there, and like, if, even if I click, like, you can't see it, but he's blurry, and it's really, so like, with our heart, same as this camera, we have, to, we have to get the focus on whether we do it manually or, or we, set, you know, we have to set it on automatic. And then there's this thing called white balance where you have to like adjust like, the whiteness in the room, like the lighting, right? And then how much aperture you bring in, like how much light is actually going into the lens. We have to focus this lens, right? Right, Jeremy? I'm gonna just like, dude, you look good. You're in there. And so in the same sense, in the same sense, with the camera and we have to focus it, our eyes get the focus of our heart. Our, our, our eyes will set the vision and the focus and the direction of our heart, and then our heart will follow, right? We can tell our heart where to go, right? So when our heart is, is treasuring some things over here and we know that's not where we need to be, we can tell it, no, focus around and come and zoom in on this, because sometimes we're even in the right Place doing the right thing, but we have the wrong focus. Has anyone ever seen an out of focus picture? Yeah. How awesome is it? How valuable is it? Not so it's, it's not. Like, here, I'll give you an example. I, I, I loaded some pictures that uh, Jess took on her camera, and so you get to see them because you can't see these, like, the screen's small. So let's pull them up. We got one of a hummingbird here. It's, it's there. Yeah, Jess took this one, but we'll blow it up. We'll blow up this picture. So when Mike gets there, it's like the next slide uh, it's, it's in the computer. We'll get there. I loaded it on Thursday. It's pretty cool. I can crash the computer loading so many. Boom. There it is. So like, that's a hummingbird in flight. And like, how cool is that? Cause you can see all the ripples of the feathers. You can see the little eye and like the reflection off the sun. You can see that it's green. It like, got a green back. Pretty cool photo, right? Like that's actually, cause it's in focus, if it was if it was blurry, then we would just delete it and go to the next one. Delete it, go to the next one. Oftentimes, we have treasures in our own heart, and we lose focus, and so we just delete and go to the next one. Delete and go to the next one. When really we're at the right place at the right time, we just need to focus in a little bit. Let's go to the next one. See that? See there it is. That's kind of cool. It's a, a hummingbird feeder. Yeah. All right, let's and then it's see how it's kind of in focus. We could maybe redo that one. We don't know. Let's go to the next one. Next one. That's just the background for the verses. Come on. There it is. Now, that one's pretty good, right? The, the hummingbird's really clear. The feeder's really cool. But no one cares about the background. Why? Because what we want is in focus. Oftentimes, our heart sees a whole picture of our life. We got a lot of stuff going on. We got... <laughs> We got family drama over here, and we got work drama over here. And our kids, the more we pray for them, just the wilder they get, and just the more they cry because teeth are coming in. And we got all this, but when we focus in, when we take our heart and tell our heart to focus on the Lord, I know I got all this crazy stuff going on right now, but I'm just going gonna, gonna to start my morning off by reading the Bible. I need to hear from the Lord today. I need to focus in on what he has to tell me. It doesn't matter that the background's my woodshed and a ladder and a bungee rope. No one really cared about that. Everyone cared about the hummingbird. Let's go to the next one. I got a few. I mean, it's a camera. We take, we take photos, y'all. There's my chicken. There's my rooster. No one, no. All right, Rusty the rooster. No one cares. This is totally gonna be on a podcast. Everyone on the internet can hear what I'm about to say. No one can tell my dog is in the up left corner pooping. No one, and no one cares because the chicken's in focus, right? He just looks like a brown blob up there, right? Everyone can see how pretty Rusty the rooster is. Let's go to the next one. All right, wow. We see, we see a mother and a daughter, right? No one cares about the construction and the telephone pole in the background because it's blurry because that's not what it's focused in on. When we take our heart and we take the time to spend time in the word, to pray, to get in our Bible and read and say, God, what do you have for me today? Tell me what I need to focus in on today. Tell me what I need to pray for today. Tell me who I need to pray for today. What do I need to value today? When we take time to focus in and zero in and let our eyes set the direction and the focus and the vision of our heart, that's when things get important. And that's when things can change. And that's when our heart can start valuing instead of the treasures on earth, we can start putting our heart in the treasures of heaven. I got one more. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. No one cares that like whatever the background is, no one cares. What do we, We're all focused in on Ollie and how he's just laughing, right? Cool. I promise I wasn't gonna cry when I saw that photo. All right, so... That's what it's like, because here's the thing. You will never know what the Lord has for you, has called you to, has wants to free from you, wants to free you from, when you're focused on something else. When you're focused on something other than the Lord. You never know the blessings that are in your cup when you're staring at someone else's mug. Right, your cup could be overflowing with like beautiful, beautiful, Rich Ethiopian peaberry coffee, but if you might never know it, if if you're staring jealous at someone else's giant 64 ounce mug filled with Folgers, like you'll never know. We have to focus in. So the question is, what is your heart focused on? Third thing I want to bring to you guys today is, who owns your heart? Like let's just call it what it is. Like who owns who owns your heart? Jesus says this, he says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So um, I'll give you a couple examples here. Um, So biblical times, I understand slavery is wrong, but Matthew's using an actual analogy that was quite common in biblical times where two people who had neighboring farms, they would, they would, they would split the price of buying a bond servant or buying a slave. And what they would do is they'd say like, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, he'll work on my farm or they'll work on my farm. And then Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, they'll work on my farm and we'll cut the cost accordingly for the fourth day versus the third day. And the problem with that is oftentimes, uh, the, the slave masters would, would bicker. They would fight over really who had the slave for what day or what they were doing or that perhaps they were tired or overworked the day before. And so when they got them, it was kind of, kind of not exactly what they wanted. Nobody really wholeheartedly owned the slave. And when we bounce our heart back and forth from relationship to relationship, Or from, I love you, Lord, with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, but I also love my money. Our heart never really has true ownership of anything. And the Lord doesn't have any real ownership of anything. Let me give you a better example. It's like a car, okay? So, uh, uh, David, it's very traditional that you come up on stage right about now in the sermon. So just come on up. And let's hear, uh, Christine, come on up. And Robbie, come on up. And, uh, Dick, come on up because I like your shirt and, you know, you look like you could exercise, you know, you getting, you were, you were just looked comfortable. And honestly, you know me, you've seen me in the office. I just love making people uncomfortable. So, um, uh, one way I like to do it with my boss is just get really close. Like when he's working and be like, Hey, what's up? What you working on? And he's like, get away. All right. So let's say, all right, um, Here's the thing, we all are good looking people, but the truth is, not all of us could just afford a really expensive exotic car by ourselves. So let's say, let's say David buys the car. He buys the, the fancy car. I was going to put a name out there, but let's just, you pick whatever one you want in your brain, I don't care. Uh, David buys the car, and I pay for the insurance on the car, and Christine pays for the gas in the car, which is the way I drive is not good for you. And uh, let's see here. Robbie is going to pay for the repairs on the car, uh, which is also not good for you by the way I drive. And, uh, and Dick's going to pay for all the upgrades in the car. So when we want new tires, when we want a new stereo system, when we take our hoopty and make it with the big system, that's the big lift, right? The, the one-ton axles with the 40-inch mud tires. That's right. The smokestack coming out the back. You know what I'm talking about. All right. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So we all have gone in on this car, and which is great because it's easier on, you know, David's pocket. i on, on not so much this pocket, but it's easy on everybody's pocket. It's not the big bulk. But the problem is what happens when David wants to take a road trip for two weeks and it's my days to drive the car? Bummer on me and everybody else. What happens when I drive with a lead foot and the gas for the month costs more than the car payment? Christine's going to have a problem with that. What happens when Dick, driving the way he does, slams it into a wall on 405 going 80, and then Robbie has to pay for all the repairs? It's your car, yet you had to pay for it, but it's not your fault. See how the car never really has an ownership of any one particular person? We do the same thing when we let our heart go from Sunday morning, we love Jesus, to Monday morning, we love our wallet, to Tuesday, we we have to do this, and we have to do this, and we got to watch this show and by the end of the week, God had 20 minutes on Sunday, and that was it. Our heart isn't truly owned by the Lord. Thanks, you guys never sit down. I'm not, see, I talk. Yeah, go, go. We have a choice. We have to choose what we're going to serve, who's going to own our heart, what we're going to focus on, where it's going to be at, what we're going to value. I have some good friends in town, uh, and I can't preach, and they'd be in town and me not mention it. Um, the Smiths are here. They're one of the first families I ever got to pastor. Uh, the first time I ever met mom and dad, Heather and Michael, I just jumped in their car at like 8 o'clock at night on a Wednesday. They were circling the church looking for their kids. And I was like, How do you guys want to go to Orlando in a year? And they're like, Who are you? <laughs> it's like, I'm the new middle school pastor. What's up? And, uh, and a year later, we ended up going to, to Orlando. We went on a fine arts trip. So some of you guys have heard fine arts. Noah's competed in it. Courtney's done it. That's right, Susie has. I took them to Orlando the first year, and um, we, we had a blast. They competed nationally in a choir, um, and it was phenomenal. Forever, forever memorable trip. No one's ever going to forget it. And one thing I remember is we went a few days early because you can't take a bunch of teens to Orlando camp outside Disneyland or Disney World and just compete the whole time and not go to Disney World. So we went to Disney World for two days and, um, and I'm overseeing this, this trip, right? And um, I'm, at the time, I'm a middle school pastor and I have some very responsible parents who refuse to give their children cell phones because they realize that a 10-year-old or an 11-year-old doesn't need a cell phone. And we're in Disney World anyway. And I say, hey, if you need, you need someone who has a cell phone, so you've got to partner up, you got to be together. Part, groups of three, right? And I'm going to text the person in your group randomly, and you have to tell me where you are, and I'm going to meet up with you, so that way I know that's where you really are and not, like, running away. Because who would run away from Disney World? Uh, and so we're getting ready. We're meeting... <laughs> We're going on this ride. I got fast passes for everyone. We're not going to have to wait in line. The line is no joke, like from here to the drums, which is like nothing for Disney World. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, awesome. All right, we got Heather, Michael, Payton, uh, oh, 17, 18. There's 19 kids. And I'm like, 18. Let's try that again. Okay, I'm crazy. I counted wrong. Michael, 18. Mmm. Mmm. I'm missing, he's the sweetest little boy, but he's not, like, the sharpest on his feet. He's smart. He's smart. He's just not, like, a, like. yeah, I talk fast. He doesn't talk fast. Just everything, he's, like, perfect for, like, Arkansas. <laughs> like, perfect. He can just, like, hang out. Yeah. Like, even his confirmations are slow. Just like, yeah. What do you want to do? Anything. Oh my goodness, we're in Disney World. Tell me quick. We only got like 12 hours left. I could eat. Like, all right. I'm missing this sixth grade kid. He's never even spent the night at someone else's house. And I took him across the country. And we were in like the second largest theme park in the country. Okay. His name is Michael Jensen. Uh, There you go. Michael, shout out. And he's missing. And I had the opportunity to either go on the ride and then go look for him. Or go look for him and send everybody on the ride. But I couldn't do both at the same time, right? I had a choice. I had to do one or the other. Okay, so he, all right. <laughs> How fun was the ride? Um, I didn't go on the ride. Everybody else went on the ride. I found Michael, and I thought for sure he was going to be crying, terrified, like lost. I, and he's the kind of kid who would, who would, at the time, he's grown up quite a bit. All right, I, I'm, I'm telling you in the light of a very young, young man. But uh, he's the kind of kid who got homesick really easy, and I'm like, there's a sea of like sixty thousand people, and I have to find the one that's four foot eleven and just like wandering aimlessly. And I found him in Disney World, asleep on a bench. <laughs> like, dude, that's Michael J. Like, and if you knew him, like, you would understand. That's perfect for him in every way. And so, but the thing is, we can't serve God in money. I couldn't go on the ride and look for Michael. I had to choose. I had to figure out where my heart is going to be. I had to figure out what I was going to do. I had to figure out what I was going to value. I had to figure out what I was going to treasure. And then once I figured out where my heart was, which it wanted to be with the ride, but it was with Michael... And my reputation with his mom and all the trust I had built with her. I realized that that's where my heart needed to be was with Michael in that moment. And then in all the panic, parents are with me. You've lost your child in a grocery store once, at least once. And if you say you're not, you're lying because your spouse is there right next to you. Um, You've been there. And I realized in all the panic of like, I just lost someone in a completely different time zone, I focused my heart and I was like, all right, where would Michael go? Okay, where are the churros? That's my first spot I'm gonna look. And then I said, all right, this kid has the next eight hours of my life until I find him. He owns me until I find him. And oftentimes with the Lord, we have to take time and stop and settle down and go, okay, where's my heart at? Does it even... Is it even present in this place? Or am I thinking about something completely different? Valuing something, something totally else? Am I, am I even here? Am I even present my heart even realistically here? Am I focusing on the right thing? Or is my heart in a million other places all at once and I can't even focus on what the Lord has called me to be? And so some of us need to even figure out, does, the God, does God, does the Lord even have our heart? So let me, let me just have you guys bow your heads really quick. And you just, you just process that for a second. You process where your heart's at, where your heart's invested. And perhaps what your focus is on. And maybe who has your heart. And just ask yourself, is that where it needs to be? Is that where it should be? Is there where it's called to be? The worship team is going to come up and we're going to sing probably a song or half a song or something. And in that moment, I just want you to ask the Lord for direction on where you need to put your heart and what you need to invest in. Is your heart focused on the Lord? Or is it focused on a ton of other stuff and what really matters isn't, is just blurry? So let's just worship the Lord for a second.